time to get up and get going, South Coast. It's time for the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. Also streaming live on WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message or a voicemail through the WBSM app. And now, ready to start your day off with a bang. It's Tim Weisberg. As I went walking, the ribbon of highway saw above me that endless skyway. I saw below me that golden valley. Sing it out now. This land was made for you and me. All right, that's a, a live rendition of Pete Seeger in This Land is Your Land. I actually did not mean to play the live rendition, um, although it's kind of interesting. It had more hits online than than the recorded one, but um, great song, uh, great anthem, uh, written by the great Woody Guthrie um, in response to, I think, if I remember correctly, Kate Smith's God Bless America. Uh, uh, he wanted it to be a, a little different emphasis than... In that song, uh, but if I have that history wrong, um, someone can co- can call in and correct me. This is Jack Spillane from the New Bedford Light. I'm here filling in for Tim Weisberg, who's out in Michigan at a haunted asylum where he goes every year uh, to explore the paranormal. He'll be back next week with some great stories about that. Next week is Thanksgiving week. Uh, hope you're getting ready. Uh, so it's 7.09. At 7.15, Mayor John Mitchell will be here calling in from Washington, D.C. to talk about the latest developments in the Star Store. Even though a lot of that's gone quiet, um, the mayor and um, Senator Montigny, I believe, uh, have continued to work um, behind the scenes to try to bring that to some sort of a resolution, um, somehow bring the university back to New Bedford. We've had a couple of, um, I think, very good stories um, at the New Bedford Light this week about the um, uh, Star Store. The first was written by Colin Hogan, one of our fine young reporters. And and that is this number, $75 million, uh, that has been thrown about around by the university and Chancellor Mark Fuller that it would cost up to $75 million to renovate and do the deferred maintenance in the Star Store is at odds with the state's own assessment of what it would cost, what how much work needs to be done there, which was only $7 million. And that was just done in last year, in 2022. Uh, uh, Colin went through the uh, building with um, Mark Champagne, the facilities manager for uh, the school department in New Bedford and former facilities manager for the city. And Champagne said that even if you did all the bells and whistles... The renovations at the Star Store would only cost about seventeen million. So you have the Chancellor saying it's up to fifty to seventy-five million, uh, claiming that all this um, green energy updates have have to be done, um, uh, not informing the mayor or or the state senator of his plans to close the school when they could have 
possibly transfer the building into another state agency or, or the city of New Bedford or a nonprofit and somehow uh, uh, gotten rid of that $75 million figure. So uh, we'll be, the mayor will, will talk to us. I'm, I'm a little bit worried because um, if you've been following state politics this week, you'll know that the, the legislature is about to wrap up its session and that would be the time to put money back in to, um, if you had wanted to bring those students back in in January when the semester begins, you got to remember, we had the students on yesterday and, and they're working out of their houses. They're working out of uh, studios at their own expense, uh, like Hatch Street Studios in the North End. So if you want to bring those kids back to the school in January, I think that that money needs to be put into the budget now. And I don't see any any evidence that it's being put in there. So uh, we'll be able to talk to, to, to the mayor about that and and other matters. Um, I'm going to play a commercial now. So we have that out of the way so the mayor can be uninterrupted. So we'll go to that. All right, we're back and Mayor Mitchell is right on the line. So we're going to go right to him. Mayor Mitchell, sorry to keep you waiting. No problem, Jack. Good morning. How are you? <laughs> good, good. I appreciate you calling in to talk about the Star Store. I, I promised you I'd play those commercials early, and I did, but I just got to them a little bit later than I, I expected, so I apologize for that. Hey, no problem. But we won't no be in, inter- interrupted now until the, until the ha- half hour, so we got 13 minutes. Uh, all right. So, uh, uh, first of all, let me congratulate you on your re-election. I haven't had a, speak, a chance to speak to you since then, and um, it's okay. really just an impressive... Uh, feet, uh, 63% of the vote, I think, um, when you've already been in office for five terms and I, th- is it five or six? Uh, it's hard to keep track. And, and I think that, um, anybody who can get that share of the vote when they're in office that long, it's, it's a real achievement. So congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. No, it's, I think people recognize that we've worked very hard and we're committed to the city's interests. And, uh, you know, uh, as time goes on, uh, there's always, uh, there are always disagreements, inevitably, but um, I think what I've tried to do is establish a level of trust uh, with uh, with the residents of the city that I think is um, you know has has borne out over over the over the years. I, I think whatever criticisms people may have, there's there's no doubt that people know that the city of New Bedford is lucky to have you and have been for the last uh, decade plus. So uh, the star store. Uh, Your Honor, uh, it's it's kind of uh, um, I'm just a little bit worried about it because we're three months yesterday since um, uh, Chancellor Fuller abruptly announced that two weeks before classes were to begin that the campus was closing forever, and um, the bu- state budget is about to be finalized. And to my mind, that will be the time to get money back in to try to reopen it in January. Um, we had a couple of stories we're proud of at the New Bedford Light this week uh, where our reporter Colin Hogan reported that contrary to um, the chancellor's assertion that it would cost up to $75 million to do the maintenance in that building, it was really more like somewhere between 7 and, and even $17 million in the best case scenario to do it. I, I also had a column where I talked about that and also the master plan for uh, UMass Dartmouth in 2017 that doesn't put any money aside for the Star Store and puts money aside for an expansion of the CVPA building, the College of Visual and Performing Arts building on the Dartmouth campus. So 
I know you've been working behind the scenes, um, so I thought you might be able to tell us a little bit about about what you've been up to. Yeah, um, the whole thing has been very troubling uh, from the start. Uh, and I appreciate the Bedford Lights uh, reporting on it, and the Standard Times has done a little bit as well, but it's been primarily the light. Um, it, it, the whole thing caught me by surprise. Of, uh, the, the, I was aware, as, as everybody was, that the lease had expired um, back in 2021 and that it, it had been extended since then uh, and that somebody had to make a decision about who would own the building and, and uh, how the programs would look going forward. But uh, at no point was it ever suggested uh, intimated, hinted that the program would be shuttered. Um, I've reached out at a number of points to the parties to the transaction, uh, uh, the, the, the university, uh, the building owner, as well as Senator Montigny, you know, and said, look, if you need any help, I'm here to help. If you guys have it, if you guys have it covered, then uh, great. And so n- none of them indicated that this was in the cards. So it caught, it caught me by surprise when I got a call from Chancellor Fuller that uh, that he was, in his words, vacating. Vacating UMass was vacating. Would be vacating the building. Vacating the building is what he said. So you can imagine my reaction on the phone. That's it's like the CVPA has contributed to. Uh, the livelihood of downtown. It's, uh, it's an anchor institution in the urban core of the region. Uh, and, uh, it's, um, it's, it's, it entailed, uh, its operation. It's right. The, it's establishment and restoration of the, the building, uh, was an important exercise in historic preservation. So, um, I've been focusing on, well, how do you put this thing back together again? And, I, the, the numbers that were floated at the start, ranging from 50 to $75 million, um, according to the university, to restore the building never made any sense to me. You know, we in New Bedford, the city has a portfolio over over 100 buildings, municipal buildings, and so we maintain those buildings and uh, we build some from time to time, uh, and uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't cost that much. So they really uh, were ludicrous to, numbers. Yeah, yeah it just it, it didn't make sense. So we asked uh, the university for the report uh, that they wanted to uh, that they were relying on. They said they had uh, no report uh, that they relied on a PowerPoint. And I said, okay, well, show me the PowerPoint. They, they, were, they refused to produce that. Uh, so we got it through uh, through DCAM, the Division of Capital Asset Management, which. Is the agency that manages the state's uh, buildings, and sure enough, yeah, it was it wasn't nearly as as high as uh, as as, uh, as as had been um, uh, alleged. And then we dig, dug a little bit further and noted that uh, that there had been even a more recent study that came in even more cheaply, about seven million dollars. So uh, it just stands; these numbers uh, are it's. This has become a story of of a university being tone deaf um, and uh, not really, uh, and, and maybe adrift in its mission. Uh, and the 
it started that way and it continues to be that way. But there's also, you know, I think there's sort of the ominous possibility that there's some um, misinformation put out there, and um, and that's that's from a public university, and that's that's really troubling to me. So, uh, my my I, I met with the governor. I, I had asked Governor Haley for a meeting on this with her and Lieutenant Governor Driscoll, uh, Marty Meehan, the president of the UMass system, and Mark Fuller attended. And I, I said, well, what I'd like to do is to get good numbers uh, so that the state can understand how much it'll cost to, uh, to renovate the place. And, uh, and then ask the state to to do those renovations, which we believe, uh, based on further analysis, I had our facilities guy, Mark Champagne, go in and take a look at the building personally. We believe that you know, the numbers are somewhere in the ballpark, as you noted, between seven and seventeen million dollars. And and uh, and what would those numbers? Uh, would those numbers? We can go back to the governor and say we need we need money, whether it's in the main budget or in the supplemental budget. Uh, state budget to uh, uh, to put Humpty Dumpty back together again. So that's 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 the crux of my effort right now. So I, th- that's a little bit of, of of news that I had not known of. This. So you had a meeting with, um, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, the governor, the lieutenant governor, and Chancellor Fuller uh, about getting some better numbers and coming up with some plan alternatives. But when did that take place? Uh, that was about a month ago. About a month uh, ago, no, I think I, I think I've made a public statement about that. Okay, it, all right. It, it was, yeah. So I, I didn't realize that they were all, all in the same room at the same time. Uh, so there has been some talk about. Um, I know that the city owning it is not the preferred um, avenue. Uh, a, a nonprofit, uh, Santa Martigny, has talked about a, a different state agency. Where are we at with all that? Well, I think you have to figure out what the numbers are first, and I, it's you know, UMass doesn't want to own it, and uh, and look, if they don't want to own it, I think that's just where it is. And so that would have been preferable, but uh, just it's it's clear that they don't want to take on yet another asset, uh, and so uh, there are possibility the possibilities are that it remains in uh, the hands of Paul Downey, the current owner, or or goes to a nonprofit or could go to the city. Uh, the significance of that is this. If the university owns it uh, or the state owns it, then uh, it may be a lot more expensive to renovate. Uh, the state is subject to its own energy stretch code, which um, would require, in this instance, and many other uh, older buildings, um, a an extensive renovation of the uh, Building envelope, the doors, the windows, um, some other systems, and uh, and that would that, that that would really jack up the price tag. The city of New Bedford has not adopted the state uh, stretch code, so if the city owns it or if a private developer owns it in the city, then uh, then those those requirements w- would not kick in, and, and therefore the the restoration of the building would be much cheaper. So the stretch code, for, for lack of a better word, is, is is what commonly is referred to as the green energy requirements the state has yeah. adopted. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, for state buildings. So that's all intriguing to me. I, I I I have to admit that I'm flummoxed myself that you have UMass Amherst, you know, buying a building all the way across the state in Newton, and and happy to have that asset, 
then you have this wonderful building in downtown New Bedford that is only a couple of miles from UMass Dartmouth, and they don't want to have the asset. It, it just doesn't, you know, I, I mean, I, I think of that looking at that building as a negative, I, I just, do, they, they seem to be obsessed and convinced with that point of view. But but if that's the point of view, I guess we have to live with it. Um, I did want to ask, because uh, we have another couple of minutes, just uh, Paul Downey has been kind of quiet through all this. He's he's taken some criticism from Senator Montigny about um, uh, the alleged lack of maintenance that went on at the building. Um, uh, you said that you had uh, reached out to him uh any any hope for any prospects there? Uh, you know, I think he, well, he can speak for himself, and if he doesn't wish to do that, I guess that's up to him. But, uh, you know, I've talked to him about the possibility of transferring ownership, and uh, I think it's uh, fair to say that he's he's open to it. But, again, he is, um, yeah, he, can, he can speak for himself on that, that front. Are you a gambling uh, man, Your Honor? Uh, would you put some odds uh, as to whether this can have a happy ending for New Bedford? Well, I, I, look, I'm trying. I mean, there are lots of things that I try that I don't succeed on, but I do think that this is, I mean, this is certainly worth the effort. Um, it's just as it is for you and the light to be covering it. It's 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 really important to the city that we sort of stand up for these things. And, uh, you know, I, I think... You know, sometimes we struggle with having uh, lacking control and things that are important to us. Uh, there's a lot of decisions that are made in Boston, to a lesser extent in Washington, that affect New Bedford directly, over which we don't have a ton of say. And, um, you know, what we can do is uh, do our best to advocate and make a, make a strong public case. And uh, that's, that's what I'm doing. All right. Well, uh, thanks very much for uh, squeezing some time in for us, uh, Mayor Mitchell, this morning. I know you're calling all the way from Washington, D.C., where you've been busy working down there. We're coming up to the, the half-hour news break. But that's the latest on the Star Store, and um, uh, we'll we'll keep watching to see uh, what you're able to accomplish. All right. Thanks so much, Derek. Thanks for your coverage, Anna. President Biden will meet today with the Mexican President Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador. The White House says the two leaders will meet on the sidelines of the APEC Forum that's currently underway in San Francisco. Biden and Lopez Obrador are expected to discuss the migrant crisis at the U.S.-Mexican border. Top Democrats are speaking on the ceasefire protests that erupted into violence outside DNC headquarters in Washington. House Democratic leaders issued a statement saying they support the right to protest, but some said protesters went beyond a peaceful demonstration. United Auto Workers union members at General Motors have approved the new contract with the automaker. The vote was closed with 54. 5% voting in favor of the deal and 45% voting no. Ford and Stellantis workers also approved the deal. Amazon is pulling seven eyedrop products from its site after a warning from FDA officials. The FDA sent a warning letter saying the products were not approved. In October, the FDA announced a recall of 26 different types of eyedrops found in stores like CVS, Rite Aid, and Target. The weapons expert for Alec Baldwin's movie Rust is facing a separate gun charge in an unrelated incident. Hannah Gutierrez-Reed is facing a charge in New Mexico of unlawfully carrying a firearm in a licensed liquor 
liquor establishment just weeks before the incident on set that led to a deadly shooting. Baldwin's prop gun fired a live round on set that killed a cinematographer. Major League Baseball's All-Star Game is coming to Atlanta. MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred announced Thursday that the Braves deserves to host the game in 2025 as the organization is a model of success on and off the field. YouTube is launching an artificial intelligence tool that allows users to imitate pop stars like Demi Lovato and John Legend. The feature is called Dream Track and it lets users create short songs by describing qualities like lyrical content and mood. Nine artists have given permission for the voices to be cloned by the software, including Charlie XCX, Troy Savon, T-Pain, and Sia. As of right now, only about 100 creators have access to Dream Track and they can only use it to create music for YouTube shorts. In sports, the Celtics have a pair of key players listed on the injury report entering tonight's game against the Raptors in Toronto. Jalen Brown is battling a non-COVID illness and Chris Stapps Perzingis is dealing with a right knee contusion. Al Horford is listed as probable with a left big toe sprain. New England has dropped each of its last three games, including a 10-6 loss to the Indianapolis Colts in Germany. Head coach Bill Belichick would not commit to who the starting quarterback would be when the team returns from the bye. Next week, New England is slated to visit the New York Giants at MetLife Stadium. And the Bruins are hoping to grab a bit of revenge against their bitter rivals. The Black and Gold will be looking to bounce back from last week's overtime loss in Montreal when they play host to the Montreal Canadiens tomorrow night at TD Garden. Now let's take a look at your local forecast with ABC6. Foggy start to your Friday morning. Take it easy on the road with temperatures in the mid-40s this morning, heading into the upper 60s. Beautiful afternoon is in store with more clouds and sun. And then the rain moves in after midnight into tomorrow, first part of Saturday, with temperatures in the upper 50s. Dry and blustery Sunday into Monday. Be sure to watch ABC6 for my full seven-day forecast. From the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Ceci del Carmen on New Bedford's News Talk Station, 1420 WBSM. I'm Ariel Dorsey for WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's News Talk Station, WBSM, and get breaking news alerts with the WBSM app. We don't have any purple or any other kind of rain this morning. Um, it's actually going to go up into the 60s. Wow. November 17th, up into the high 60s today. Get out there and enjoy it. Go for a walk along Fort Rodman or, or Sconicut Neck or, or over at um, Buttonwood Park. Just get out there and, and have a good time. Uh, this is Jack Spillane sitting in for Tim Weisberg. Tim is out in Michigan at the um, uh, Haunted Asylum. Uh, with uh, his paranormal friends, and and uh, he'll have stories to, when he comes back. We've been talking about all kinds of things this morning. We just had the mayor, who was calling in from Washington D.C., uh, and the mayor is um, still working behind the scenes in the Star Store. But and I had not. I don't know how I missed this because of all things I follow the Star Store 
pretty closely. Uh, I had I had missed the fact that he had had a meeting with the governor, lieutenant governor, and Chancellor Fuller, all of them in the same room. But he still has no announcement to make, and the state budget is about to wrap up. And I'm I'm beginning to worry. Uh, we still haven't heard any public comment from Governor Maura Healy. I'm beginning to worry that they're just trying to run off the clock, that they just think that eventually the media will lose interest, eventually people will forget, and that big building in downtown New Bedford on Union and, and Purchase Streets will just sit empty for, well, just use the example of the Keystone building across the street, which collapsed uh, almost 20 years ago in 2004, and just this year for the first time, we have a housing development, uh, a company uh, that is interested in, in building something on that site. Is that what will happen to the Star Store? What a sad, what a sad ending for all the um, celebration and, and uh, work that went into bringing that, that building to downtown New Bedford for it to end with a university that just will not talk to New Bedford about it, that just, no matter what kind of scenario you present to them to try to work it out, just isn't interested in having the building. Even though it's a wonderful building, properly restored and properly maintained could be an asset to the city, the local university doesn't care. It's just it's just breathtaking, but, but they're right in a way. If, if they don't want it, there's only so much the media can do. There's only so much anybody can do. We got open lines, 508-996-0500. Someone's on the line, so we'll go to them. You're on the air with Jack Spillane. Hello. Hello. You're on the air. I'm going to get turn right here, John. Yeah. Good morning, Jack. Morning. Are you just saying that you gave a couple of figures up there, uh, 17 million one way, and then... A lot more millions with the green Seven, energy or something like that. Seventy-five million with the green energy. That seems like a road, intentional roadblock. That yeah. building should be grandfathered in. I mean, Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a crazy number, and and everybody involved says that it can be do- done less expensively. But again, the university doesn't seem to want it. Yeah. Hey, Jack, I know you're not going to like this one, you old liberal, but... Uh, <laughs> you old liberal? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Here it is. How many billions is uh, Governor Healy spending on the illegal aliens? Well, you know, I am a liberal, but I do think that I don't completely agree with her on that. Because I think that the, the law that she is trying to uh, uphold was a law that was designed for... You know, American residents, you know, people who are homeless, yeah. whether they're veterans or, or families or, or people with substance abuse yeah. or mental illness. That's who the law was designed for, that yeah. we would have shelter for them. And now it's being taken over, I think, as much as 50 percent by these undocumented immigrants. Don't get yeah. me wrong. I, I think that we do have a need for immigrants in this country. And I think that the, the quotas are too low especially for Central America, to allow them to come. And these are the people who work in the fish houses and the meatpacking factories and all of that. But I, I, the, the, the hardest part about it is this. They're coming un- illegally, and because they're illegal, they can't work. 
And so then we end up putting them in the shelters. So I'll say what Chris McCarthy has said, and he's no liberal, and that is that just let them work. Let them support themselves, and we won't have to have them in the shelters. You still there, buddy? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Anything more to say? Okay, I think he's fallen off the line for some reason. I haven't talked, I haven't talked yet. Okay, go ahead. It's a new caller. I think it was, I, I was still with the old caller. Go ahead. You're on the year with Jack Spillane. I, I don't know if you uh, heard the uh, news. So, Will. Go ahead. Hello? Uh, you're on the air, caller. Okay, for some reason we can't Wait hear. Wait a minute. I'm here, Jack. Okay, so I don't know what happened to that other caller. Somehow he fell off. If it's my fault, I apologize. Call yeah. and I'll, I'll put you right on. But whoever is on there now, go ahead. Oh, it's, tell, it's me, the female voice? Yep. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you, listen, it's okay. You, you're getting it. You're great at what you do anyways. Oh, um, thank you. Yeah, you are. So my name is Sketty. I've never called in and talked to you. I just wanted to say you're doing a great job. Oh, well, thank you. And um, oh, you're more than welcome. And what I wanted to say was yesterday when the two young ladies were talking, um, what, like one came from a, quite a bit of a distance, correct? Yes, she came from Arizona. Right. And so, you know, I'm wondering if there isn't something more major these, these um, students can do. Because New Bedford is advertising, and New Bedford's only one of two states that has all three types of kilns. Yes. Okay. Well, then this is huge. This is larger than life, then, because this is now going to false advertisement, false all kinds of things. Yes, um, yes. So, I, I, I think that they need a lawyer. Yes, and I mean, especially on that strength alone. Now it can go. It can be like a rubber ball. It's going to bounce off the Dartmouth. Dartmouth's blaming the gentleman that owns it. Blah, blah, you know what I mean? Back and forth, the money, whatever. Um, but now I was thinking about, especially you know, coming from that distance, and how many others came from far? Because this is just the two that was that you know we we got to actually hear. Yes, from. I, I've met another one from Montana. Oh, see, see, and I bet there's a lot more. And this is terrible. And um, I hope everybody out there that is just getting this now for whenever they're going to start college, I hope that they've been informed. Don't spend the money to come to New Bedford because they're oh, not going to Isn't that they're sad? They're not going to get what they were promised. Isn't that sad? I, I know. It, th those, it is. Th those young ladies were just so well-spoken. And, and I I, I've, I've met both of them. They're in their early 20s. Fallon has a little boy. They're just doing all the right things. Yeah. And, and they're paying a lot of money. Not to get what they were paid for. You know. Right. They should get reimbursed and then some too because of the stress of bringing that on the bus and it not falling apart. Yep. Um, I couldn't believe that that's what they were doing. And that's terrible. A rain bucket, water, there's got to be some violation of sanitary. But I mean, but I'm just glad that they're trying their best. I mean, A++ plus plus best yeah. to make the, it work for them. But I, that, that advertisement alone, I just, I hope, I hope somebody reaches out to them and tell them you can go one step beyond. You can actually the state itself. Yeah. Promise you something. Yeah. Me too. Listen, you're a great caller and you made my day Please. saying those nice oh. things about me, but I got to go to a commercial. So okay. we got, we got the calls lit up. So, uh, we'll I'll be like back that. in a minute. Okay. I hope to see you at the meet and greet. Yep. Okay. <sighs> 
Okay, this is Jack Spillane filling in for Tim, and uh, we're going to go right to the phones because we have the lines lit up and time is tight. You're on the air with Jack Spillane. Hi, Jack, because you cut me off before. Oh, sorry, Janae. Listen, um, what makes you think they're going to do anything for those kids from um, uh, UMass? Because I got attacked downtown, and they did nothing for me. They are doing nothing for me. I'm yeah. going to have to call the Attorney General's office, and I'm, I hope those girls call, too. Yeah, have have you called? Who's your ward counselor today? Oh, yeah, by the way, they I don't care for mine. It's Derek Baptiste, and I did call Linda Morad. She never returned the call. Okay. Well, try, try Derek. Maybe, maybe you'll have some better luck, but I, I, I get your point that there is a lot of frustration with City Hall, whether it's the mayor's office or the council, that... Some counselors are better than others. The one with the reputation for calling everybody back is Ian Abu. Maybe he could help you. Yeah, but I got attacked downtown. Yeah, no, it's, uh, I mean, I, I live downtown, Janae, so I feel safe there. But there's no doubt that, you know, I, I know we had a, um, a photographer, uh, a photographer or a reporter from the Standard Times, reporter, I think, um, years ago, who was attacked downtown. So it can happen. But I mean... I hear all these things on the radio about people getting attacked. I could have got killed. You hit somebody's head the wrong way, and you're dead. I got a son and a granddaughter to live for. I'm a senior citizen. I count. Yep. I pay taxes in this city. I should feel safe. Yep. And, and they are doing nothing about it, which I'm very highly upset about. That's why I need the Attorney General's number, and I need to get in touch with the Attorney General, because this is not going to get swept under the rug. Okay, so... Um Jay, send me an email. Do you have email? No, I don't do oh, email. Okay. Um, uh, I don't want to give my name out, my number out, my phone number out the, uh, on the air, but uh, if, if somehow you find a way to get in touch with me, I'll I'll try to get you, in, I'll get you the number for the Attorney General. Well, I'm going yes. to the meet and greet. Are you going to be there? Yep. Yep, I'll be there. Then can I get in touch that way? Yep. Yep. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. You're next on WBSM with Jack Spillane. Yeah, I'm calling you back, Jack. Hey, how are you? Sorry about that. Yeah, yeah. Well, got a new phone system there. You know. Yeah, yeah, but I'm figuring it out, but but it takes some time. Yeah. yeah. Let's start to a... I think the, a couple of things on that. I think it used to be the equivalent of a mall in New Bedford. Before there was any Dartmouth Mall, that thing used to be the equivalent of a mall, from what I can recall. Oh, yeah, one of those old-fashioned department stores with the escalators and everything. Yeah. yeah. If you wanted anything, you went down there. You needed new shoes for school, you went down there. You needed a winter coat, you went down there. You needed jewelry, you went down there. It was like a mall. And I think it's a heritage that we could be passing on to our kids. Yeah. The kids did SMU. And uh, it's not. It's a heritage that we could pass on to them, a uh, connection between the old and the new. And also, I think there's like some architecture in there that's worth saving. The outside of the building as well. And for, uh, here it comes. So uh, uh, Governor Healy, to ignore that and just say, well, I'm going to give, you know, $2 billion a year or $4 billion or whatever it is to illegal aliens. Well, you kids from SMU or UMass Dartmouth, you can just say, go fish and, and bake, your, bake your clay at, at home or not, not bake it at all. And, and, and tough luck. I'm, I'm, whatever reason she's taking care of the illegal aliens at the expense of the state, I don't know. Yeah. But I mean, Personally, I think a she's... lot of money that could be used a lot of different ways. 
and she's just telling everybody else go fish. Yeah, per- personally, I think she's making a big mistake. You know, she's she's put all this effort into the undocuments. I understand she has to do that because that is the law right now. She has to work with the legislature to get rid of that law. But the um, the, the the fact that she's been silent on the Star Store and has not said a word about what's happened to these kids, even though she met them at Boston Public Library at the Jim and Marjorie show. And I just think it's the whole state has been just really disgraceful on this. And yeah. it just proves once again that New Bedford yeah. doesn't count up in Boston. Yeah, yeah absolutely. The end, of the, end, of the, end of the universe. It was something like back in the early 80s or something. Mm-hmm. One of the politicians up from Boston referred to us as the end of It was a newspaper. Yep. A newspaper in Boston okay. referred to New Bedford as the end of the universe. Okay. But, uh, I got to go pay some bills, yeah, Carla, yeah, but, but good points. Okay, we're back, and um, I have uh, the lines lit up, but I only have about a minute, so I'll try with one caller, but you only have a minute, so do the best you can. You're on the air with Jack Spillane. Good morning. Good morning. You got about a minute, so you got to be quick. Okay, the largest uh, oil refinery in India is sending Russian oil United States, $1.6 billion a year. Look it up. Huh. Yeah, you know, sometimes you hear these these stories and these things are going on that we don't know about. And then meanwhile, you know, we're, we're supposed to be at war with Russia or, or having good relationships with India. You know, a lot of things goes on behind the scenes with all administrations that that you just wonder what it's all about. So I'm giving you a tip. Look it up and put it on the news. Okay, we'll we'll, we'll do 